No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Uh, and we begin our second coronavirus special report, which is, I guess, what we're calling it right now. Uh, no end in sight. This is this is uh, this is turning into worse than Tyler predicted last week. And after we get off the phone last week, he said uh, that he was afraid he was, you know, too pessimistic. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, welcome back, Tyler. It's been it's it's been a troubling week for sure, to say the least. Um, and you know uh, we're we're gonna hash it through it and and hopefully uh, you know get some idea you know maybe what to expect next and what people should be doing now uh, in the midst of what has turned into just an absolutely awful uh, crisis here. So um, I appreciate you coming back to do the show. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, it, it has been a uh, for me, a very surprising week. I, I guess the good news is, what do we have? Seventeen thousand cases confirmed now, U.S. Um, uh, actually, I, I'm going by. I'm using the John Hopkins University in Medicine Coronavirus okay, Resource good. Center, which is like a. It looks like NORAD. It's like this crazy map with all the stuff. But they say, <laughs> and I don't know who cited it. I think I want to say Fauci, but or uh, or uh, Andrew Cuomo, but some high up guy cited the this. I think it was Andrew Cuomo today at his press conference. So it's a pretty legit tracker. Uh, they Absolutely. have us at nineteen. They have us at nineteen thousand two hundred and eighty-five cases. Good lord, that's that's double what I thought would be a high estimate, and I was not optimistic they would get the testing uh, up to uh, even find the ten thousand. So that's only a fraction of what's out there. So, anyway. Right, right. Well, there's two. That's just two ways to look at this, and that's kind of what I, you know, I figured we'd be jumping off here on the numbers because that's kind of what you said last week was, uh, you know, we, last week we had twelve, uh, twelve hundred. So last week we had one thousand two hundred and change, and this week we're up to twenty nine thousand. So I, I mean, the the math may, I mean, no, no, this week we're on up to nineteen thousand. So it's gone uh, yeah. more than ten times, nearly, nearly, nearly twenty times. Uh, what it was yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, so but, the, but I think the, it bears noting, right? And you can kind of clarify this, talk a little bit. So we're at 19,285. Um, but that's part of that is like we're behind the we're, – we're catching up to this thing right now. We do, it's, people, 
people should be fucking worried. Don't get me like like people should be worried, right? Uh, and concerned, but uh, it's sort of like we're still kind of flying blind here. It's not necessarily like that. This thing is is literally infecting people at twenty times the rate over the course of the week, right? It's just that we're kind of we don't really necessarily know because we're now we're just finally getting a, a slight handle on these numbers, right? Absolutely. You've hit it right on the head. Uh, at this stage, I'd say we almost got one eye half open, uh, but we're, we're literally way behind. Uh, the, the epidemic is not necessarily 20 times more in a week, as you just said. Uh, we've discovered that many more cases. So it's really hard at this stage to say where we are in the curve, the exponential right. curve, but it's coming fast. That, that's that's what we know. It's it's coming fast and furious, and you can see uh, the governor of New York, governor of California, now the governor of Illinois, uh, they're reacting to uh, the projections, and, and the fear is if we can't flatten that curve, if we can't dampen the rate of exponential growth, we're heading for uh, real problems. Yeah, well, it's... It's terrifying in a sense because you look at that 19,000 and it's like uh, the China only has 81,000. So it's like this – we could be talking here next week, you and I, and the United States may have more fucking cases than China. Um, you know, and that 81 is like the total for China. You know, all the, you know, all the people, all the people who are were, who were okay now, you know, something like 60,000 of those – 80,000 people in China are listed as recovered. So it's like, but that's, you know, that's kind of the gauge of what, you know, that's what they're telling us at least was about 81,000 people got it there. And so, you know, who it's, it's worrisome, man. It's really, really worrisome. here. (laughs) It is. And uh, one of the things that that we have to bear in mind is the U S and China are going to be different in terms of the response uh, to the infection. Uh, much of it is, is uh, dependent on um, how dense the population is. And this is one aspect of the Italian growth as well, is that they're typically um, packed in a lot tighter than a lot of uh, Americans are in our living arrangements. But yeah. um, it's, it, our potential to go way beyond that is very great. And I think, uh, quite likely, to be honest. And the reason is because we can't bend the curve quite the way the Chinese did. They, they got pretty tough okay, with, with people and pretty determined to get the people who were sick into a treatment center, but also uh, the folks around them, the family members, they were uh, yeah. watching them. Modern, you know, and if they got sick, if they got a fever, they grabbed them, too, and took them for treatment. Yeah. So they, they really uh, – and it wasn't optional, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, um, I saw some of the videos. They, could, they were, like, brutal. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, some of those measures I just don't ever really envision will happen for us or won't happen in, in time. I mean, this is one of the things that uh, we have here. It, what's kind of mind-boggling is – uh, not all the states are on the same page, and so some right. of them are not as afflicted yet. And that's this is the time to move if you can. If we're we're going to do this two week break. Keep the kids out of school for two weeks. Uh, you know, Everybody don't go to work for two weeks. Well, I kind of think so, uh, and I forget. 
um, oh, I should have written this person's name down. She had a really clever point today on, on Twitter uh, talking about our, our governor, Arizona. Uh, and yeah. I'll paraphrase, but basically it, she said at the point, we reached the point where we know trouble is obvious, there won't be any point to doing anything. And yes. The, the idea is that when you can see, oh, yeah, we've got a lot of sick people, you're so far behind the curve, you'll never catch up. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the worrisome part for sure. And, like, uh, we'll probably, I, I mean, I could just warn, you know, well, two things, actually, that reminds me. One, as I said on the last show, uh, you know, don't take any of our medical advice uh, as your primary, <laughs> you know, always, uh, instruction in life. Good. We're just two dudes on a podcast. So, <clears throat> and that's a smoker's cough, everyone. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. B, we may mention stuff like articles and stuff. Uh, you know, just use your Google, folks. You'll be able to find it if we, you know, I'll give you enough information uh, if I don't have the link here. We'll try and include them in the recaps because what I – was looking at, I don't know if I said this to you, but there was an article about these at-home digital thermometers and how they're, yeah. they sync up the yeah. info anonymously to the database. You can look at it on a national map, and they have different sort of things. And one of them is like abnormal fevers, which people think is what the – it means the coronavirus. And the the terrifying part is is like – uh, sticking out like a sore thumb is Florida is incredibly it, – it's dark. It's it's like, whoa, yeah. there's a lot – There's a lot of these abnormal fevers are coming from Florida. And it's like states like Florida – I mean, I don't know about the big cities in Texas. Maybe, you know, some will enlighten us, uh, you know, as far as these these lockdowns go. But it's like I'm not hearing the kind of lockdowns in Florida and Texas that I'm hearing in you know, New York, California, Illinois, uh, Massachusetts, you know, these two-week, two, two week, you know, uh, hard-stressed, stay-in-home situations. It's, uh, I, th- I think you're right. I saw that uh, uh, report. Very, very interesting. Uh, the idea of tracking, uh, it was actually influenza, but tracking by Google searches where, yeah. you know, people look for Tamiflu, for example. Uh, and that actually works. Uh, yeah. This thermometer – the thermometer thing looks phenomenal. Now, you can't tell what the cause of the flu or the, the fever is, but, man, just to be able to visualize where we might want to start moving our resources, this is huge, huge. Yeah. So we don't have enough. There's a million, as I understand it, there's roughly a million out there in the, in the U.S., but maybe every household should invest in that. You know, maybe that's the the thing we talk about for the future, those of us that survive. So, Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, I guess the point to that is just like the, I, I'm envisioning sort of this scenario now playing out down, like down in Florida. Now they're going to get serious about it all of a sudden, you know, and it's like they don't seem I, – I think they, it took them until there was that backlash about the spring break kids for them to shut down the beaches and stuff. So Yes, I – I, I think you're right. They're very and, lackadaisical uh, down know, there, I guess, is the point. Well, I, I have to imagine Jeez. that part of the of the factor is that probably spring break is a major money-making time for the entire state. Yeah, that and makes so sense. So they they're loath to mess that up. 
so I guess better late than never. But what's going to happen is those people are going to disperse back north. And right. If, in fact, and, and we don't know, we don't know uh, what is there, what has or has not, not been transmitted or communicated. But the big worry is they're going to go back and disperse this. And this is why people were trying to say, don't do that. Please don't do that. And it's more than just you. You know, that 19-year-old kid thinks he's indestructible and probably comparatively is, but you might take it home to your grandparents in Kablooey. Okay, Jim Vujovic so, in the chat says, uh, he says he's in Orlando. He says, all bars are closed for 30 days. All restaurants are takeout or delivery only. Uh, at least a couple of counties are on curfews, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. So they're, well, they're starting good. to – yeah, that's good. That's good. But I think the it goes to the larger point. This has this is not really related to Florida, but it's like there is no universal like like I'm in favor of a nationwide lockdown. Like let's just get it over with. You know what I mean? Because part of me thinks like yeah. fuck, I've been on lockdown for like ten <laughs> ten days now, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to do another like <laughs> they're gonna have another mandated two weeks tagged on the end, even though I was one of the first adopters of the of the lockdown uh you know strategy so yes. um you know yes. i'm envisioning a longer lockdown here i think uh that that's highly probable um the the whole idea would be if we did have say a two week stand down period that was universally and well adhered to uh we could slow the the rate of transmission down that's all we can hope for tim Okay. Right. That's all we can hope is to slow this down. It's it's not stoppable, and so I don't want anybody to take the impression that we do two weeks and it'll stop. It it will not. Yeah, it'll go away yeah. or something. Yeah, no. It it won't. And maybe you know, I, uh, if President Trump's right and it vanishes in the springtime, that'd be great. I don't think we're going to be that lucky with this agent, based on how MERS behaved. Um. We're just, it's going to be a, a long haul, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said to you when we before we got on the air, uh, it's been. A, I, I didn't expect the. I, I didn't foresee. I guess you could say the toll, like that this would take, just on me. Just, just uh, you know, over the course of this week, you know, it's, it's just been weird. Like. Uh, you know, I, I've been like depressed uh, and angry and frightened and just sort of all over the map here on this um, over the course of the week. Uh, fortunately, I guess I recognize it and I'm like, all right, dude, you're really, you're really, you know, you're really irritable right now. Get off of social media now, like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean. You know, it's just been, it, you know, I feel like I've been put through the ringer here just, just in the course of this week of, of and and like you said, I mean, it's, this has only begun. I really worry about what, because uh, I look around, I'm like, oh, I must look like a lunatic because I've really, uh, I'm really taking this really seriously. And it's just like, well, shit, man, if we're sitting here talking next week and there are 100,000 plus people with this, like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid beyond even, like, people getting sick or whatever, I'm just afraid of, like, the general reaction of, like, people losing their minds. And, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, yeah. like serious panic. It's, um, I, I think you're absolutely on to something here. 
uh, each of us copes differently, and some people who maybe have some other problems, those, those might come to the fore, and uh, they may not have the insight that you do about, you know, what's going on. But I think, yeah, I mean, the one way to make people go crazy is just apply unremitting stress. And the worst possible situation is what we're in now. And that is a situation with no defined endpoint. That is going to cause people to really, really get tense or worse. Yeah. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it feels very war, like, like wartime situation now. And, uh, I mean, even more so than last week. Like last week, it was we were just talking, and it was like this is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. They're shutting everything down. This is, but now it's like, I don't know. There's more of an air of danger now to this. That's like almost wasn't even there last week. Uh, you know, yeah. sort of looming on the horizon. No, no, you're right. See, now it's it's becoming actualized. That that pretty yeah. soon we're going to start to see people that that we know who uh, have become ill and hopefully will recover. But uh, yeah. this is real. The, the closest analog, I think, for most of us, and it would be 9/11 when we had, you know, several thousand people dead in, in New York yeah. City. And of course, New York City, you know, that that psychology had to be a lot worse than it was for me sitting out here watching it on TV. It was bad enough. That was a shock. This is going to be not as, you know, sudden or whatever. It's going to be a slowly evolving situation. But a shock nonetheless. And, and an element of danger that we're not used to coping with. Probably the only people that really can explain this to you are the, the military veterans who have to deploy to Afghanistan or Iraq multiple times over and over again. You know, and the uncertainty, the, the anxiety, the worry, the fear yeah. of that. Uh, what a, I mean, Maybe people appreciate what military people do for us a little bit more after you, you realize, like, God, it just sucks to be under the gun. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of venting here tonight, at least just as we start out. But it's like I'm, you know, uh, I, no one's like said this to me, but it's like I'm sure people are out there like, well, what do you, you know, the chances of you getting this thing and dying or whatever, like infinitesimal or whatever, or small, let's say, right? And sure, yeah, okay. But it's like, what worries me is, we talked about this on the show last week, there's now like dual dual disasters here. The economy is like crashing, uh, yeah. and they're talking about like 20% unemployment. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it's like people, like, people may not even like ever come into any contact with this disease, and they may die from the results of what this thing has brought upon us, you know, people who yes. lose their jobs or whatever or can't afford to buy their medicine or something, you know? Yes. And so you're, what you're talking about are the cascading consequences. And so, you know, a minute ago I, I was being really hard on, on the beach town for, you know, trying to make a buck, but you know, you have to take, this is not something you take lightly, lightly throwing people out of work and all the things that bad things that will happen from that. I mean, we know when there's depression that uh, children get abused. You know, adults do things they wouldn't ordinarily ever do in, in good times. Yeah. And we're, we're in for a round, let me tell you. Yeah, because, I mean, they're talking about, like, 20% unemployment, and it's like, uh, uh, that's a worst-case yeah. scenario. 
But at the same time, I mean, and then there are other people who are sort of like, it'll bounce back, like, overnight. It's like, well, not if this fucking thing keeps stretching on more and more, and, like, places have to close and shit, like, for good, you know? Yeah, it's uh, going to be... And, and the government can't bail everybody out. <laughs> like, that's the, other, that's the other part of it. Yeah. It's like, who, who isn't going to be getting a check from the government here, allegedly, like, in the next six weeks? And, and you know, <laughs> that money's got to come from somewhere, too. Yes, that's oh, right. Oh, my God. And- I mean, we, we do – we hope that it comes back, and, and probably the stock market will be roaring back before a lot of people are even back to work. Uh, but, yeah. you know, the stock market ain't Main Street. And, and so just like you said, you know, people need restaurant jobs or whatnot, and if folks are scared, apprehensive, uh, it may be a long while before we really recover. Uh, this, this is – it's damage. It's damage just as sure as getting an infection. It's damage. Yeah, so that's sort of my soapbox ranting, I guess you could say, for the night. Now, one of the questions I had for you coming out of the – over the course of this week here was – okay, now we talked about this before. We talked about this last week where I was like – I went to that thing. I came home like four or five days later. I felt like shit for like 36 hours. So who knows? Maybe, you know, I don't necessarily think that I got it, but I'd say, you know, maybe there's like a fucking 20% chance. You know, who knows? So – but the question is – it's essentially been two weeks. Uh, you know, it'll pro- theoretically, if I did get it, uh, it's over like in the next week or whatever. Down the line, would they ever be even be able to know that I even had it? Would they be like, oh, you oh, had right. it back in the beginning of March? Or would they just be like, no, you don't have it at all? No, no, no. It, this is Actually, this is the next uh, wave of testing. The uh, antibody tests to reveal if you did or did not have it, and there there are people working on that to make it um, in a rapid uh, format, a point of care format, so you can get the answer quickly. But what okay. we need to do is exactly what you're describing: is going back retrospectively and seeing how many people had it, had minor symptoms or perhaps no symptoms at all, to try to track how this thing gets around. And then the other thing that we need to know what that will immediately allow people to determine is how good an asymptomatic carrier is. How big a threat are they to pass this on to grandma, for example, let's say a little kid. And that will then enable the authorities to say, look, if you've got um, little kids in the house, you know, hand washing, keeping them away, that's going to be sufficient because we, we found that the rate of transfer is, for example, the best case scenario, pretty unlikely, not zero. But you can't be, you right. know, uh, necessarily kissing everybody, you know, a little bit of caution. But these are the things we want to find out. But, yeah, Tim, if we looked at, took a, a blood sample from you uh, and looked at the antibodies that you have, we could tell the story of your life, which pathogens you got uh, exposed to, what you were vaccinated against. It's all in there, written in you for the remainder of your days. Yeah. All right. So well, you may have you may have gotten it. it. It's a possibility. I don't discount it. The only thing I'll tell you is, uh, if you're symptomatic and you had a, did you have a fever? I can't remember. I didn't take my temperature, but I was kind of like I was a little. I don't even think we had a thermometer. We got one <laughs> since, but um, okay. you know, I felt like maybe I had a fever, but it it wasn't like uh, a debilitating. It, it wasn't anything like super debilitating or anything. Yeah, a real true flu fever will be 101 or better. And you won't have to ask if you have it. You won't. Yeah, I just felt overheated. Maybe let's put it that way. So I mean, I don't okay. Know. So 
that doesn't that doesn't sound like uh, what the COVID would do. And I, right. I went back and I was trying to find uh, case study reports to figure out what the average was. Now, now what I found was for patients who were were at that part twenty percent of the spectrum who were pretty hit pretty hard. But uh, in terms of how it is, this this is nothing like the flu. This is this is a two week job. Okay, influenza, three days would be kind of a long thing for a person like you in good ordinary health to be starting to come back. This thing, the people are feverish for a couple of weeks. If they get into trouble, it's about 12 days into this odyssey when they start to have breathing problems. Uh, you know, okay. so to me, it's yeah, like, like it, you, it worsens. Probably, yeah. Well, they, you know, they're they're sick and then they they start to decline. And this is actually the next thing that's going to hit, and maybe it'll be manifest by next week. But you have patients in Washington predominantly who are at this window now where the ones who are really going to fall seriously ill are right there yeah. at the cusp. And then we'll start to see that. And then we'll need respiratory support, hospitalization. And that's going to tell us a lot about how this is going to go. So anyway, uh, that's, that's, that's the next shoe to fall here. Yeah, I, that's the impression I get because they say we're right behind Italy and it's like all of a sudden now Italy – uh, is having like hundreds and hundreds of deaths a, a day, so it's yeah, uh, oh, God. you know, and, and, and it's like we, you look at our death count and it's not really, I mean, it's 249 now, and it's like uh, yeah, but it lags. That still gives people weeks. license to go. Oh, it's not, you know, it's barely whatever, you know, it's one percent or something yeah. like that. But it's like I have a feeling that number is going to skyrocket next, you know. Well, it, uh, I think it almost forbid, inevitably but... will. No, our, yeah. it, we're we're past the point of of keeping this beast down completely. We're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna get mauled. The only question is how bad. And uh, we got um, about three weeks after the first symptoms start to appear, we will have the numbers starting to come in. So I mean, if if the patients go on ventilators, at least from the the study I saw, which was. Uh, I can't remember what the the total number was. Maybe thirty or forty uh, folks who died. Um, yeah, they only have about a fifty percent chance of saving them. So uh, this is this is the big concern about ventilators, and that that certainly is a major concern. Uh, the other thing is that not all the patients are going to need a ventilator. They might need breathing treatment. Some just might need need oxygen, but they'll probably have to go to the hospital to get that. And so we have to have enough personnel and. Uh, uh, you know, the equipment ready as best we can. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be challenging, man, challenging. Yeah, well, it's particularly stressful and worrisome, and there's nothing I can really do short of sewing masks, which, like, people are doing, God bless them. But it's like you can see the writing on the wall now because uh, all, a lot of the medical people are coming out now, and they're like, we're su- – we're, we're, like this is bad now. Now it's bad now. We're on, we're you know we're short staffed. We don't have enough space. We don't have enough materials. And it's like yes. Uh, yes. the concern here is like what you're saying that we're just about to round the corner now where all the people are gonna. Uh, I guess I, I guess rather than a crescendo, you might call it a nadir. But people are gonna reach a you know reach the the boiling point of this of this sickness. Yes. Yeah. And we'll see the after effects of that, which is. You know, going to be another fucking wake-up call for people, I think. 
It, it will. And, you know, I mean, the, the other thing to keep in mind here is uh, listening to the complaints of the people uh, on the front lines, uh, they apparently don't have enough masks. Like you say, other folks are, are selling them stuff. Uh, this will be where the wheels come off. If, if the medical personnel cannot be adequately protected, they'll either get sick themselves and have to come out of the pool of people who can work, or maybe some of them will say, if there's not equipment here, I'm not going in. I mean, right. Think about this. Think about if you had to make that terrible choice. You know, on the one hand, you, you want to help people, but on the other hand, you don't want to go on a suicide mission. And, and for some of the, I mean, some of the people might just get, I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, might just get sick. Uh, but some of them are, are going to be at high risk, and, and they could very easily end up dead over this. Yeah, Man, for sure. what a mess. If we have a terrible attrition of medical personnel, we will reconstitute the Ebola crisis of years back when people went for help. The medical people tried to help them, and they died. And then there was no yeah. one. So, geez, if, if there's millions of masks out there, you know, now would be the time to bring them out of whatever federal warehouse they're in and distribute them. Yeah. Whatever, I don't know if that's yeah, the exactly. case. Now, you mentioned this sort of at the start of the week to me in private, or, you know, private message, not like <laughs> not by a carrier pigeon or something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems like they've backpedaled on it now. But let's talk about – uh, this herd immunity concept, because it does sound like it's sort of applicable to where we, for better or for worse, kind of want to get to as a as a species, right? This herd immunity. What is what is herd immunity? Um, what the hell was was this something that they were talking about just embracing over in England, and then they were like, no, that is, you know, you, you can't you can't you know uh, you can't be that that can't be your strategy is to is to acquire herd immunity because then it'll be disastrous so like what what is this and talk about what what was going on over in England which i think they think they've you know pivoted on now oh they definitely pivoted on it let me tell you you're absolutely right about that uh, it could be that that things were just explained poorly but what the the idea of herd immunity is is that if enough people get infected and survive, obviously you have to survive, uh, they will have antibodies, and then the virus can't get going anymore. It can't produce the major epidemics. So they were talking 60%. A lot of times uh, it's like uh, 75 80% uh, is uh, a rough cutoff for some of these agents. If you do the math on that, what it means is that if there's a virus floating around in the air and it finds somebody, if you've got 80% of the population immune, it's four times more likely to find somebody that it can't do anything with. And so it kind of flames out. So that's, that's the, the ultimate goal. And we could accomplish herd immunity by letting the virus just infect everybody, mow everybody down, or uh, vaccination, for example, is an artificial herd immunity. What they were talking about in England uh, looked pretty god-awful. And it's like, okay, let's just get it over with. Now, there's a, there's a logic, like a Dr. Strangelove-type logic to that, and that is they're goners. We can't do anything about the surge. Thank you for your service. You just took one for the nation. Sorry about dying and all. But those that survive will be better served. 
The weak point of that is that you won't get 60% the first time. You're going to have to have waves. And so it's a long, it too is a long, painful process in my estimation. Maybe there are other uh, epidemiologists out there who have done the math, but I, I think you're looking at three waves before you get to the point where you've got solid enough herd immunity to be fully protected. But anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's a way of handling it. Okay, in a very cruel way, and that's boy, did they catch it? Uh, I mean, geez. <laughs> uh, so yes, they pivoted, as you said. It. You're very polite. Okay, I would say they got their asses handed to them in a hurry by people that kind of objected to be in the cannon fodder. But that's just me. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I suppose that's sort of like the, that's what you naturally. Uh, that's sort of like the natural end point we want to get to, but it's like not something we, you know, the, the, the journey there we want to try and manage as painlessly as possible, kind of. So it's probably the best way to put it. Yes, if if we can, and that's part of the logic of of flattening the curve, is stretching this out so that if people do need medical care, they won't overwhelm the system and they they can get it. I mean, that's the idea. Now, in a perfect world, what we'd like to do is get that natural immunity unnaturally, and that's what the active vaccination is about. And so we could, if if we get one of those uh, coming online, you know, we would certainly want to deploy it, provided it's safe. You don't want to create more problems than you had to begin with. What was that? Well, we have to make sure that the vaccine is safe. But um, okay, yeah, you got out right at the very end of that. Yeah, so the the um, the idea would be getting uh, herd immunity uh, by vaccination would be sort of like uh, the unnatural way to end the natural process, and that's that's what the artificial right. vaccination is about. Yeah, and it bears noting for people like. We're trying not to make this like a political show. Uh, people know how I feel. Um, they can probably surmise how Tyler feels. Um, but I guess it, it pains me to say this as an American, but, you know, uh, it would be wise for people not to take everything that's said by the president at his word at these daily press conferences because uh, there is no fucking vaccine in sight. It's going to take at least a year uh you know, for anybody, it's going to take like at least a year, they said, for it to get approved. And then they start have to have to have to make it for everybody, which will take like months after that. Um, and all these ideas about other drugs and stuff are, they're all theoretical and everything. As far And these are drugs to treat people who get the thing, not to keep it, keep them from getting it. Because, uh, I mean, I was, I saw people saying, oh, they announced that there was a cure for it. It's like, they didn't announce that there was a fucking cure. Like, I don't know where, you know, they misinterpreted this from the, you know, upbeat, let's say, attitude at these press conferences. Oh, don't even worry about it. We, we found a drug that they used to help people with malaria, and this could be a game changer. And people ran with that and were like, oh, this is a, it's a cure. It's like, this, dude, there is no fucking cure for this. That we know of, you know, other than just trying, you know, try and survive at this point, you know, do what the doctors tell you to do. Yes. So we talked about uh, a couple of those. Uh, and so, yes, they, they will be evaluated. And perhaps 
we'll find out that, that they do have uh, some promise. It's actually, it's not easy. Okay? I mean, it sounds simpler than it really is. Uh, and what I noticed today, uh, I shouldn't laugh, it's not funny, uh, chloroquine for sale on eBay. And uh, isn't, isn't that interesting? I wonder how that works. Um, the chloroquine or hydrochloroquine, hydroxychloroquine is uh, the anti-malarial. And it has been used for a while. It's, it's good for some types of malaria. Uh, not all malaria is the same in certain parts of the world. And so for the, the they're nasty but less dangerous types that aren't already resistant. This, it's a derivative of quinine. But um, uh, maybe some of your listeners have had this drug. It's nasty. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, my wife had it when, when she was uh, over in Africa a couple of years ago, and it made her really sick. Uh, it's not a walk in the park necessarily, and not everybody can have it. So it, it'd be great. I mean, so God, you know, God love our president. Uh, I, I hope his rosy assessment is right, and that's the miracle that we need, and we can go from there. But at this point, we really yeah. don't know, you know, and so save your money. Be careful if you're going to use it. That's, that's what I would tell you. Uh, take a look. Just look at Wikipedia. Just look at Wikipedia and, and see what they have, because they often have a good, uh, you know, sort of sense of what the contraindications and side effects are, and then make your decision as to whether you want to plug that into your kid, for example. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. yeah. It'd be so great, Tim. It'd be so great. I mean, you know, we've, we've gotten so used to science doing all these miraculous things. And, and so, yeah, come forward and, and give us the cure of science now. And, and it doesn't always yeah, happen. well, it goes back to like what we used to, I used to, you know, bust your chops about when we would do shows on Banal of America, um, which is still doing now, but, you know, the back before we were, <laughs> we were devoting our time to this crisis, um, you know, that science moves slow. So it's like, they just found out about this thing, presumably, uh, you know, like at the beginning of the year. So we're only like three, yes. only like three months into it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, this yeah. is a monumental challenge um, that's going to take time. Now, I, what do you think of this? We've kind of dispelled the conspiracy theories here on the show, and um, you know, uh, I don't want to dig too much into it, but maybe you'd know about this. Like I've seen rumblings. Even my brother mentioned this, so it's like one of those conspiracy theories that has traction, like, for people who aren't a part of the paranormal community, you know what I mean? So it's it's burst into the zeitgeist in a sense where uh, it must be like sort of people saying it. But the, the vaping thing that happened last year, you remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some people who think that that was this, that the vaping thing was really... Uh, the coronavirus, um, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't really dug deeper into the conspiracy theory because it's not because it would just freak me out and and you know <laughs> I, 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 that's the gist of it. You know, that's kind of I don't really need to know more per se. But it's like, is that even within the realm of possibility? Or because I remember they were like, oh, it's a mystery. You know, oh, some mystery things are happening to people who vape and shit. And then it was then it kind of just went away. And then this came up right at the start of the year, but with a completely different origin over in China and everything. So, I mean, what do you yeah, what yeah, do you make yeah. of the people well, who think there's some kind of connection there? 
I'd, I'd buy it if you told me that Wuhan, China was the CBD vaping capital of the universe. Let's start with that. <laughs> uh, no reason to believe that's the case. Uh, yeah. I can't, you know, there's no way to absolutely disprove things. This is the classic uh, conundrum we get into in the paranormal all the time. But uh, I think the, the weight of evidence is such that they don't have very much that would convince me. Uh, and what I would look yeah. for would be I, a lot of uh, kids were, were hurt here uh, in Arizona. And that what I understand is that it was the primarily a CBD product or a marijuana-like product uh, homemade. I think that somehow got them, had something in there. And then I would look for the thing, uh, the infectious disease to mushroom out from, from some of those spots. And that's not how it worked. It came clearly from outside. So uh, the other thing yeah. is that we have the virus. We have the virus, and so we can see that we don't need anything other than the virus. So if you want to posit that it was in human populations all along, guess what? The antibody tests are going to show us that. So eventually yeah. we will, we will, you know, ferret that out. So, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that. i got to hang out with you more. more yeah, well, you definitely should do that. But, yeah, the – oh, God. Uh See, well, it's interesting, yeah, because on first blush, you hear it, and you're like, oh, wow, that's intriguing. But then, like, the more you think about it, with the way we're seeing how this is unfolding now, it's like, well, if that's the case, wouldn't these teens, these wacky teens who got, the, like, wouldn't we have seen it, you know, what it's doing now? Wouldn't we have seen it do that back then? Wouldn't we see it spread like wildfire, and then they'd be like, wait, this isn't anything to do with vaping. This is a disease or whatever, you know what I mean? It kind of fizzles yeah. out like... You know, and these people weren't quarantined or anything like that either. So presumably if it was no. the same thing, it would have spread like crazy. Yes, yeah, so we've got the virus. We understand that this is an infectious agent. The other thing I'll tell you is that the pathology is nothing like what we see with the, the virus that we have now, the so-called ground glass uh, CT scans and, and other things. The vaping uh, look like a chemical burn. So yeah. I'd, I'd say that, you know, the, the weight of the evidence marshals against that theory. In my opinion, that doesn't, you know, other people uh, bring me more or bring, you know, bring forward what you have and see if it withstands scrutiny. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. Now on. I post. Okay, don't, don't put any money yeah. on it, though. All right. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. For sure. And the other the other thing that sort of bears mentioning, I guess, uh, as we, it's I feel like it's only going to get worse and I, I it irritates me and. <laughs> I know why it happens, but, like, two people, two people I know pretty well, really well, actually, uh, each were like, hey, I know, you know, we're, we're sort of citing people they know in the know at various, you know, levels of state government or law enforcement or something with, you know, just rumors. There's all these rumors going around. Uh, I guess it happened nationally, like on Sunday, of rumors of a national lockdown, People were, like, saying, oh, you know, I saw today there's, like, a group, like each town, I don't know if they have it for your town, but, like, every town kind of has a Facebook group where people most, mostly gossip and complain about trash pickup and shit like that. So, sure. you know, sure. if someone's like, a, a, a trusted source tells me we're going to go into two two-week lockdowns starting tomorrow at midnight or whatever. And, like, you know, people were like, yeah, you know, I where the hell, you know, eventually she's like, a state trooper told me. It's like, what? Like, lady, you know, if a state trooper was telling you that, like, the media would have found out, dude. So, 
You know, it's all speculation, yeah. but there's so much, so many rumors and everything going. I would t- just advise people like, uh, you know, take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Like everything at this, oh, point, no. at this point. You're, you are absolutely correct. In fact, now with social media, and you know, not to just pick on Facebook, but social media in general, the ability to communicate is so much vaster than it was 40 years ago, for example that the World Health Organization is talking about an infodemic, that they're, they're fighting the coronavirus, but at the same time, they found it necessary to get a team of people to fight the disinformation and misinformation. And unfortunately, we have both, that there's people who are well-meaning and there are people who are not so well-meaning when they, they transmit things. Uh, and the WHO is, is working really hard to try to counteract that. But it's so freaking hard. Because you know, yeah. these things that are juicy, you know, man, they just rocket around. So in addition to thinking for yourself, you know, which is what you're advocating, I'd also say, you know, think before you forward that. Does this look legit? Is this possible? Because it, just like coughing on someone, that's the equivalent is clicking without thinking. We're spreading it yeah. the infodemic. And, and we have to learn not to do that. Absolutely. Now we got a caller on the line, so let's. Uh, part part of the reason why I like do why I wanted to do this with you is to answer my questions, answer the questions for the Ben All America listeners, and just at least give people something to, you know, I would not to escape the coronavirus. Maybe maybe get a different different perspective, a human perspective of uh, of what's going on. So this maybe this person has a question, maybe they have something to say. They can't come in and stay on the show for the next hour and fifteen minutes, but they can come on and. Uh, and give us their two cents. So nine one seven area code. Uh, uh, what's going on? This has been all of America coronavirus special report with uh, Dr. Cook John. What's on your mind? Hi, this is Carol. Uh, I want to say hi to Tyler and hi to Jim. Um, hi, Carol. It's Carol. Rain- oh, hey, is, Carol. Yeah, it's, it's Carol. Is it, is it Carol um, from Facebook? Let's say that. <laughs> yes, it is. And okay. I don't even mind right. if you use my name. Um, I have a okay. shocking thing when I was out walking with the wife of a physician in this area. And he uh, has a string of nursing homes that he's the medical director of. And she told me, it shocked me. She said that um, this physician, who's one of three for an entire string of nursing homes, just called in without even 24 hours notice and said that he was done. He was not coming in again, ever. And he quit. And I just didn't think doctors did that. How, what do we do if that's what begins to happen? Uh, this is, uh, first, hi, Carol. Uh, I hope you're well. Um, this is something that when we started talking, of, if you remember back to the days of the anthrax attack, yeah. the Amerithrax attack after 9-11, mm-hmm. one of the things that people began to posit in the biosecurity community was if, in fact, we have an attack with a really deadly agent, the big concern was it was like maybe up to 25% of the medical personnel did not report for their job. Now, we don't know. You, know, you really don't know until you're tested. But I would say... Uh, it's inculcated in the doctors that, you know, you have to take care of your patients. And so to me, 
at this stage without any real feeling that the doctor was under threat, that I hope is highly unusual. I, I hope, but that's just my hope. But it's something that we have to worry about. You know, but you know, right I mean, after that last press conference, uh, physicians from my group, the Brown Physicians Group, um, they got on CNN, and this woman was really pissed. She said, we do not have supplies to protect ourselves. Yeah. So I don't, how can we continue to work with our patients? Yeah, and I, I'm telling you, I would not want to have to make that decision. Am I going to drag this home to my family? You know, and am I going to die? We need to get that equipment. You know, we need to get it somehow and, and do what we can. But these are these are concerns that might really boil up to an absolute disaster for us. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll be seeing one. that like next week. Now, Carol, do you? I wanted to ask. Carol had a question here. Is uh, let me get you some of your questions that you had on the thing. Now, Tyler, we talked about this off the year, but it's something that uh, I hadn't even considered last week. Maybe if I brought it up, you would have – and stay on, Carol. We're going to keep you on for a while. Uh, okay. I hadn't considered last week. Like I said, maybe if I brought it up, you would have mentioned it, Tyler. But Carol was asking about this, and I saw uh, – it must have been sort of kind of in the news maybe because then I saw a lot of coverage about this question on the on the news – uh, is that you should be wiping down stuff you buy from the store, right? Is that is that what what I'm oh, under yeah. the impression yeah. now to do? Well, I, I've started ordering things um, from you know various companies, including Amazon. But then I got the news um, from I'm sure television that services were holding on to the virus. Yes, it's true. Uh, one of the things that, that Tim asked me was. Um, you know, if you had a shipment from China, I don't think they would last that long uh, from China. But from the restaurant, for example, the bag or what you get at the store, remember other people might have handled it. You definitely want to wash that material and you want to wash your hands. So if you could have them, you know, leave it at the front porch when you bring it in, whatever it is, uh, you know, get it out of the box carefully. If you have gloves, use gloves and, uh, and then wash your hands because you don't know what's on that person that handles it. What shocked me, it truly shocked me, was this virus will hang on stainless steel for a very long time. And I did not realize that until I started to look. And uh, it turns out uh, a a friend, Jeff Richmond, had asked me about copper. And the virus doesn't like copper very much. That's pretty bad for it. But stainless steel is everywhere in hospitals and nursing homes. And you know, and in public transportation. So washing your hands all the time is really important because you don't know what's been left behind there. Uh, and, yeah, Carol Carol also had a question here. Uh, we'll, we'll ping out Carol's questions here. She says she's in the high-risk category due to age with a little a funky smiley face. God bless you, Carol. Love you. Uh, and with a compromised immune system. So she's, like like me, she's on lockdown. Um but she says when her daughter comes to visit after being out and about in the communities, it's safe to give and get big hugs. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I would advise against it, to be honest. But, I mean, I don't know. Tyler, like, what, what's, your, what's your take? Best medical advice is not to do that right now. Seriously, yeah. even though I know that's the, the normal human inclination, uh, that you need to uh, step back and, the, the problem for you know, I, I'm at the demographic too by age, 
the problem is that we won't get to take this back. If you get it, it's going to do whatever. And so uh, for now, for the time being, resist the normal impulse to, to hug somebody and get really close. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, and for guys and stuff like shaking hands, any of that, you know, Don't like you run that. into somebody, yeah. Could I bring up another one? Sure. Sure, go ahead. All right. Um, Tyler mentioned think for yourself. And as I'm on Facebook with a number of people each day, I think I am shocked again by the fact that American anti-intellectualism has risen its ugly head again. Maybe not seen since the 50s or even 60s. But in the last three years, there's no respect for science in, in, in power positions. There's no respect for experts. You can put anybody in a position of, you know, leading position in federal government. And yeah. given, you know, the personality of and the illness of the person at the head of it, how can science ever make any headway with this? There's just a complete antipathy to science. It's, uh, it, these are very um, challenging situations. There's no doubt about it. The one thing that we have, uh, I think, or not one thing going for us, is that in this particular instance, the stakes are very high. And if you notice, they have Dr. Anthony Fauci. They have, I can't remember his name, from the, the Food and Drug Administration. They have some expert advice, and at least they do defer to them to some extent. Now, I don't know what it's like in the, in the back room when they meet. I, I can only imagine. <laughs> but I do understand what you're saying. And so you're right about the, the challenges. So I think if there's a silver lining, uh, it's that uh, we're going to come out of this with people uh, having a new respect for the germ theory of disease, uh, <laughs> exponential oh. growth, okay, yeah. maybe even for evolution, because if we're really lucky, this virus will evolve to a less virulent form. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. If you want to pray for something, pray for evolution in that regard. You know, so yes, I think the evan- hopefully we'll see it. The evangelicals who are Trump's big supporters don't believe in evolution. I am not kidding. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say all, but I've seen reports where some congregations are still congregating, and and, uh, well, I hope it works for them. I hope it works for all of us, but I I don't think it's wise. Unfortunately, they believe in Trump, so that's that's our problem. (laughs) That's interesting. All right, Carol. uh, All right. What's that? Right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to say one, one thing about despair that I think comes to us when we see these obstacles. It's not just, it's not simply, well, simply, it's not, it's not just the virus. It's the mindset of the people with power and who hold all the power at this moment. And half of the nation does not believe that science knows what it's doing. Right. Yeah. 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 I, uh... Absolutely. <laughs> That's the scary part, Carol. Like uh, I was saying to Tyler last week, you know, it's the 
even if we do the right thing and try and flatten the curve, you know, there's a huge portion of the population, unless there's some kind of national lockdown or, or they wake up, that, that our efforts are only going to be, you know, do a small percentage of help, you know, because there's yeah, other people yes, out there yeah. right now who are, who, are, who are completely defying best practices and, and could be spreading the thing still willy-nilly, you know, even at this time. Right. Well, then add in <laughs> conspiracy theories, please, and you have <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh because it is not no. really in the larger scheme of things funny. But um, it, it's very frustrating. <laughs> but I will tell yeah. you, one of the questions I always ask the students when they interview for our medical program is, uh, what are you going to do with the noncompliant patient, the person that does things against medical advice? And so, uh, you know, they have emphysema and they continue to smoke, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, or they're diabetic, but they won't change their diet. And, and so mm-hmm. what are you going to do with those patients? And it's kind of interesting to watch these people. But what we see are folks who are told very clearly, you don't want to do this. You want, here's where you want to be. And they just don't listen. And, and they, yeah. they suffer because of it. Uh, and so we have people that, that do come to, you know, medical professionals and then disregard the knowledge. We've had that for forever. Yeah. So maybe this is just a more extreme example. I don't know. But I do share your concerns, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I just think with all these people sitting at home by themselves, that 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 sense of isolation and being alone in the world without anyone who understands what really is needed here is gonna be overpowering. Yeah. No, but you know, it I think you're absolutely right. And one one advantage we have now is that we can communicate with more people a little bit easier. And so I hope that, you know, one good thing about social media is that uh, hopefully it will help decrease the sense of isolation. But I think you're right. This is going to be a factor. We're just at the very beginning. You know, wait, wait till we're all locked up for a month or more. we got to spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the Internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? So. Right, right. Well, one interesting... I do try to imagine life on the other end of this tunnel, and it's like part of me does wonder if, like, we'll see sort And, I mean, I had heard these kind of, like, prognostications when people talked about, like, situations similar to this. You know, like the idea, like, oh, the grid goes down and people are, uh, you know, kind of left to fend for themselves. Like a very apocalyptic situation <laughs> such as what we're living in now. Um, and that maybe, you know, when we get to the other side of this, there'll be a greater appreciation for – for community, for local community, you know, maybe there'll be maybe. sort of a re, you know, a re-embrace of of, uh, of of the people around us in a sense. Maybe people won't be so so you know conditioned to be in in their headspace and their phone all the time. Maybe right. I, I hope you're right. You, did, did you ever hope. read the book? Did you ever read the Plague by Albert Camus? No. It's about his. The, it's about a guy who survives. A plague. I think Camus was, was from Algeria or Morocco. I can't remember now. Uh, but uh, Algeria. It, Algeria. Algeria. Okay. And so uh, he. Uh, it, it, it's kind of an interesting story. But I hope that it leads to a renaissance of appreciating life. And, and so this morning I got up and I looked at. There's a conjugation 
of uh, Mars and Jupiter, and then Saturn was off to the left. And, and I thought, man, I'm really going to enjoy this today because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And maybe people yeah. will do what you said, Tim, is put that, that phone down and pay more attention to really being in the moment and alive. You know? Yeah. Anyway, maybe something will so. come of it, you know? <laughs> Some good has to come from this. We'll see, I hope so. you know. Yeah. That's, that's be positive All right, about Carol, that. thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. I hope sure. you check out the rest of the show and uh, – you know, mm-hmm. we'll be back next week for sure uh, mm-hmm. to see where this is at. So if you want to call in next week, yeah. feel free. All right. Thanks, Thanks Carol, and, and stay yeah. safe. Same. Yes, stay yeah. safe. Um, well, there you go. I feel good, you know, uh, about that because part of this That's thing is like, though. what's that? Well, the idea that, that somebody would just kind of say, nope, not coming in anymore, uh, that's a possibility. I, until now, I've not heard a report like that, but I, I hope I hope that this is rare. Uh, but again, you know, the pressure is going to be on people. We're going to ask so much of them, Tim, and they're going to be stressed beyond any kind of belief. And, and again, with no end for a while, it's just going to go and go and go. And then, uh, you know, right. exhaustion can make you do funny things. So let's, yeah, let's and, and, the yeah. and also, I mean, I can only imagine sort of like, with hundreds of people dying in Italy, like what the mental toll is on the on the workers, the rescue, you know, medical workers there. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah, it's terrible. You so. you can harden yourself, and, and actually, uh, maybe this is where some military people uh, could maybe sort of like give a talk about how to to get through some of these things for less seasoned practitioners. You think about like the Marines whose units kept going, even though they had 25, 30% casualties, and they kept going. They found a way to, to get through that. I can't imagine anything uh, more horrible than to, to see, you know, a third of your friends die or get hurt really bad, and you still have to do the mission or defend yourself. Uh, and they yeah. kept going. It, it's, you know, maybe they would have some, some insights as to how you manage to do that or talk to the guys who were stuck in Quezon in Vietnam, in, in the encampment, and couldn't get out, and uh, how they coped with that. So, uh, let me see if anyone else uh, had any questions on here. Uh, I don't think so. Although we, Miriam Hamblet, uh, rightly said, uh, you know, and I made a post about this in a somewhat different way, but uh, I was putting over the janitors. I used to be a janitor, so it's like I hear all these stories about like. You know, when the schools all closed down, the janitors still work, and they cleaned up. They're cleaning up the schools, so it's like they're, you know, it's sort of like, you know, they're kind of like typecast janitors. So it's like they don't get their jobs aren't glamorous. They don't get like the kudos of uh, of doctors and stuff. But in this situation, in this pen, like they're they're it's like grocery workers. You know, I mean, it's like how many people yeah. shit on the people that they buy groceries from? Like these are yeah. these people are fucking heroes now, man. Like they're putting their lives, they're putting their well-being on the line every fucking day to to sell groceries. It's like I never, you know. So alongside all the, you know, the first responders and the medical people and everything, like the grocery people and the janitors are like they're holding this fucking country together. You know, this this group. They of they have a role to play, and uh, I can tell you that if the truck drivers don't drive the trucks and things don't get delivered. 
you can have the greatest genius in the universe and they won't be able to do anything without the supplies and equipment, will they? So it's, we yeah. all have our role and maybe we should respect each other a little bit more, but I think you're right. This probably has opened people's eyes to the fact that the invisible people, the ones that we just look past most of the time, they're more important than maybe we ever really thought. And they're the ones keeping us alive. How about that? Yeah, it's pretty wild, you know. It's like, it's pretty wild. You don't even really give much thought to the people at your grocery store. At least, uh, you know, I mean, I'm friendly with them. I'm like gregarious with uh, everybody, but still, it's like, a lot of these are kids. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like, yeah. wow, shit, who would have who thought, like, you know, who would have thought that these kids that ring up your groceries would end up being uh, you know, so integral to us getting through this? Now, is there – I mean, people – to sort of uh, throw, throw back to last week's show. So, you – I think you absolved me off the air. But, so, here's what happened. I told you. I was hunkered down for till April 1st. So, But after we did the show, the next night, uh, Saturday night, I went to the store to get – the last bit of groceries that I thought I would need. So that's the only thing I've done. I've, otherwise, I've maintained strict quarantine since last Saturday night. So is that, is that permissible to just run out to the store for groceries or what? It is because once, you, once you've gone through the kind of the incubation period, uh, you're, you're probably not going to be a threat to anybody. So, you know, I mean, you were possibly exposed and concerned about that feeling unwell. But again, once the signs and symptoms go away, I think they say like three days later, it, it varies. You're probably fine in terms of whatever that yeah. was. Yeah, well, I wasn't I necessarily think, so much as – I'm more just worried sort of of the give and take. I mean, I didn't even consider – you know, like I said, I highly doubt that uh, – it never really crossed my mind like that I could be a danger to anyone just because, uh, you know, I really was doubtful – maybe cautiously optimistic that nothing had uh, had gotten on me. But either way, it's like, yeah, I was, I was trying to avoid contact with anybody, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's the way that you want to be. Uh, the, um, the, the, the What you described does not sound like COVID to me. But in no, general, I, don't think so. I, I think you you were fine. You know, a, a few days after the symptoms go away, you're probably okay. Uh, you're certainly much less likely to transmit than somebody who's acutely ill or pre-acutely ill. Uh, that, that's yeah, the, yeah. where folks can can unwittingly transmit. And a lot of viruses are very good at that. That they uh, they evolution has honed them to be very infectious during a prodrome period, where the patient may not really even be aware they're unwell, or may just feel a little bit unwell, and they're they're cranking the virus right. out already. So I yeah, think exactly. okay. But I mean, in general, I would say yes. Tim, you are the danger, but in a fundamentally different way. <laughs> you mean I'm a social danger? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I'll accept that. I'm a scoundrel. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But, yes. you know, when the streets aren't safe for scoundrels, that's when you know things are bad. So, <laughs> so, so that's the... That's the world we've entered here. Yeah, no, no, no. I really, I mean, I was more, that was more paranoia personally than like, than genuine, like, at no point in my mind was I ever like, I need to do something about this. It was more just like, oh, no, I hope this isn't the start of, oh, okay, no, that wasn't anything. So to me, it was, Yeah. I never yeah. really, but, you know. 
but, but I had time, enough tangential connections with the with the Biogen thing that was like, oh shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> all it takes. That's yeah, I know. That's what takes. I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, you did the right thing, and uh, um, I would say that uh, people who are on their own, uh, one of the things, if you can, if you can. Lay in a supply, uh, you know, of enough provisions so that if you did fall down sick, you could manage for uh, maybe up to two weeks if possible, but certainly at least a week because you may become so ill you won't be able to go out and get anything. You don't have to call for help. Well, that's my concern. Uh, that's kind of what, what led me to start out and mention that I went to the grocery store. I got off on the tangent about the uh, breaking the quarantine. So I may end up going to the grocery store again this weekend just to reload. But otherwise, I don't go anywhere else. Uh, but uh, that sounds wise. Uh, yeah, restock, you know, and um, prepare. Just kind of keep yourself so that if the worst does happen, that you can you can get through that. But the the bad how? part is that not everybody can do that, you know. And that I, I hope that we have enough folks uh, who will volunteer to deliver groceries as needed. And, and uh, we'll keep each other going as best we can. Well, that's the, that's what led me to mention that was uh, I, one of the – it's sort of like a, a cyclical, maybe a self-fulfilling thing or something, but it's like I see a lot of concerns that there's going to be food shortages, and then in turn I see a lot of hoarding, and it's sort of like it's sort of feeding off itself. Uh, you know, maybe we yeah. can get out of this. Everybody in fucking America will have enough food for like two months <laughs> All the grocery stores then they'll then they'll go under because no one buys fucking groceries anymore because they have a shitload already. Um, but it it, it I mean you can't predict this I assume but it's like I mean how how concerned are you that that uh, you know that we're gonna get to some situation where where now we can't even fucking get food you know where all of a sudden there are food shortages or or they have to shut the grocery stores down or some shit like that. I think it. Um right now is unlikely what what could happen is that enough people who are in the industry and deliveries uh, delivery industry could get sick that there might be uh, delivery gaps and what i yeah. think is that if that came to light probably what would happen is just like our governor did uh, have mobilized the national guard to maybe make those yeah. deliveries uh, but uh, it's you know the possibility. What I see is not shortage of food and, and products so much as people to move it and stock it. And so you know, depending on how bad this becomes. Uh, but that, yeah. right now, I think we're okay on the food. Um, we'll see. One thing that happened down here is um, they are restricting access from uh, Mexico into Arizona. We have a major food production industry, the, the green grocer, fresh, fresh produce industry around Yuma, around the Colorado River. And a lot of that is harvested by people who are not citizens. And hopefully they'll make uh, uh, allowances to get those folks across the border as needed uh, to, uh, to harvest that. Now, a lot of the food that we, we actually enjoy it comes from our part of the country is is uh, put together or harvested by uh, people who are not citizens, and uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's hard work, man. So yeah. These people work hard, and it's difficult and uh, not fun, you know. And, and so uh, those are other very underappreciated workers, you know, that we we've, we've been blessed by. 
uh, I, I know a lot of people don't don't like the idea of, of um, guest workers or illegal aliens, however you want to refer to them, but they do a lot of, uh, of uh, necessary and good work for us. So I hope we can get that ironed out. But if we, if we seal up too tight, we're not we're going to be in trouble. You know, we're yeah. going to lose a lot of crops. Uh, all right, we got a caller here on now. So uh, same same rules as we had for um, same rules as we had for Carol. So if you got a question, uh, fire away, and uh, you know we can't keep you on for the next forty five minutes. So uh, you don't you don't by virtue of calling become a co host. Uh, all right, so let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, a little computer lost, there. Yeah. All right. Uh, four six Steve nine here. Uh, What's going on? Is this Steve Ray? I figure it's probably Steve. Yeah. It is Steve Ray, and uh, I tuned in a little late. Did we hear the thirty seconds yet, Mister uh, Doctor Cotton? The the truth oh. about you. <laughs> it's Steve Ray, the rabble rouser. Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> what a thing to be called during a pandemic. So, uh, so yeah, do you have so a question, Steve? Uh, Oh, well, uh, I did want to know the real truth. Apparently, uh, uh, Tyler is not a medical doctor or board certified, so he said he'd tell us, like, uh, I don't know, I guess what his actual specialty is. Oh, what the heck I am? Uh, I yeah. have a PhD, uh, actually in biochemistry, but all my research was in microbiology. And hmm. what I first started out on was working on viruses, human cancer viruses that uh, uh, are actually in a lot of us. It's quite interesting. They're just little guys, but they end up causing uh, malignant transformation. And so one of the things we were doing is trying to figure out which genes, and there was only five in these things that, that led to them uh, causing a cell to go cancerous. And uh, when I came into the lab, a guy named Mike Olive had found something really odd, and that is that uh, he found uh, viruses that had apparently caused the cancerous transformation without the genes that we thought were essential. We, oh, for the longest time, we couldn't understand that. Now we understand that our cells have within them the seeds of their own destruction, oncogenes when they're stuck in viruses, but they're actually growth regulators and other things that get turned on inappropriately at times and by mutation. So that's kind of how I got started. And then I con- continued studying viruses for, man, next 10, 12 years uh, of bacteria. And it turns out we live in a world full of viruses. Most of them don't harm us at all, but boy, do they do a number on uh, bacteria and algae in the ocean. So it turns out that they are major drivers of all of the world's biology. So that's, that's how I got into virology. And uh, yeah, some of the principles go, are pretty much the same, but no, I don't treat patients. I'm not board certified. I, I'm not a yeah, yeah, MD. Yeah. Yeah, we explained okay. all this at the beginning of last week's show, but uh, yeah, and we've stressed like people shouldn't, you know, Thomas is providing a, the most informed opinion I can find. So you know, and okay. it, and he's a doctor. He, you know, he's an actual. He has, you know, well, he's, 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 a, he's a doctor he's cl- of closest thing to our medical or a, or a doctor of genes. If not like you know, yeah, yeah. person's what. Okay, well that's that's a good way cool. of looking at it. Yeah, so, I do have to chuckle at the Carol thing. Oh, I just hope people don't get, don't fall into despair, especially because half the country are insane madmen who will infect themselves to show they don't care. <laughs> that, that's not you're kind of, that's kind of despair-inducing. So I just uh... <laughs> well, yes, we, we're trying yeah, not to despair, but 
it's, it's all good. It's, I just uh, I just chuckled. So I got uh, I got a. Quick What's the scene down in Dallas, Steve? Oh, that, uh, what's is there lockdown? Awesome. Are the restaurants open? What's the what, what are the rules and restrictions, if any? Uh, let's see. The rules vary from town to town, block to block, and I haven't been going out much, so I haven't been checking. But uh, like the head shop, it said that uh, if they get ordered to shut down, they're going to stay open because people need their water pipes and they need to get paid. So uh, looks <laughs> okay. like it's a state of. But they are uh, they are like not allowing more than like seven people in the store at one time. They're wearing masks. Uh, everyone is trying to not touch stuff. And yeah. okay. I'll put my groceries up so they just scan it with the barcode, and then I take it, and then I just uh, only endanger my fingertip on the filthy uh, point of sale system, and try to like try to have the clerk touch nothing. So uh, there's that sort of pro-social behavior going on. Uh, and oh, I didn't even think of that. So you scan it, you scan it yourself, is what you're saying, like right in front of the clerk. Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, I don't commandeer the uh, the scanner, but I'll like I'll look at the <laughs> at the item and make sure that the barcodes are all facing her, so it's easy. So she only has to touch ah, the okay. scanner. Yeah. Okay, that's a strategy. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I oh, like that. Um, all right. Yeah. Folks can. Uh, oh, uh, well, thank God it's out here on a national media. So, uh, have you heard anything, oh, Tyler, about an S strain and an L strain of coronavirus? The L strain is deadly, and the S strain is is irritating, but and much more transmissible. No, I haven't, but that would be something that uh, is definitely in the realm of possibility because we've seen examples like this before, and so it wouldn't surprise me that somebody's figured out, like, oh my God, there's two of them in co-circulation. But I haven't seen any reports, so. Okay. Well, you can you can confirm or refute this when you return next week. I'm, I know I'm looking forward to it. It would also be consistent with, like, Wuhan, Italy, and I think Toledo, which all have, like, heavy Chinese industrial presences. Uh, I've heard they've had more deaths in those areas and much less so. Oh. Uh, okay. But again, you can confirm that in case maybe I'm one of those spreaders of rumor. But uh, you're here to to extinguish that. The well, conspiratorial uh, notion yeah. for this. Uh, okay. Now I found I found an article yeah. uh, that is I think this is probably what Steve saw. I'm not going to read it right now. It's uh, coronavirus. Are there two strains and one is more deadly? So that's pretty much what you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'll look at this and Tyler will. Uh, you know, I'll pass it along to Tyler. It's a very yeah, this is what you're talking about, an L-type and an S-type, yeah. It's kind of long. We can't read it in the middle of the show, but uh, we'll we'll file that away, and we'll tackle that next week. That's from March 5th. Well, yeah. So, yeah, So, cool. but, I mean, this thanks is moving fast, so how would we know? Yeah. No, thanks for okay. bringing that up, because I hadn't seen a thing, and this this could be really interesting, what the dynamics of that thing are. Oh, yeah, yeah I watch a shitload of news, and I haven't heard that at all, so... One theory is that uh, the like the Chinese recently said this is an American bioweapon, just out of the blue, and that's weird unless they know it's an American bioweapon because they stole it from us. <laughs> so perhaps because wow. uh, the U.S. allows like deliberate theft of uh, like computer equipment that will be all full of like viruses or monitoring stuff. How uh, like the Iranian reactors got sabotaged and that's to the Russians. So and we know. Uh, China has been sending tons of, you know, smart people to fill our universities and then bring secrets back. Perhaps something was left uh, unlocked accidentally, 
which was stolen and taken back to Wuhan. And so that's why they've got the nasty version. And maybe, just maybe, the U.S. government has been, like, spread the, the, the weak version or the safer version last year. Just uh, sort of a demonstration of, okay, yeah, you stole it, dumbass. And, uh, and you can't use it for a germ because we already did not do it. And this would also be a, a good drill uh, to see how many doctors actually quit in the face of a purported deadly uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting yeah, theory, yeah. Steve. And yeah, now the one last that's... thing, and then I'll, uh, I will take, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to be thrown off here. I would like to, I'd like to hear you, your reaction, if you can confirm this. Back in 2002, Johns Hopkins reports uh, during the SARS epidemic, a, a guy in China had the most deadly case of the Hershey sports. It uh, just like everywhere, all over the uh, the shared map, and it created a quote aerosolized viral plume, which wafted down the hallway, crawled under his neighbors' doors, and killed them from fecal oral transmission. It's uh, oh. can you confirm for everyone listening? Confirm without reservation, in just one word, yes, uh, that farts can spread coronavirus. Farts. Is that, is that what science uh. proves for? Well, it's the SARS is a coronavirus. It's a true silent but deadly killer amongst us. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't know. We got to wait for the study to come out on that one, you. Steve. Yeah, could not deny. I cannot so deny. I can, uh, that. Okay, uh, I can actually send you, perhaps right now, actually a, a YouTube uh, thing from I think CramMed, like a very legit looking medical thing that has a. Uh, that mentions this uh, this article. Mentions this case? Right. Yes. Sure, send it to me on Twitter. Send it to me on the DM thing. Sure All right, Steve. Well, uh, well wow. you've given us a lot of food for thought here, and so yeah. uh, I'll, I'll look at that article, and Tyler will too, and we'll, we'll uh, respond to it yeah. next week because, uh, you know, it, it would be very interesting if, uh, you know, if they could figure out if there was some differentiation between – if there was one kind that people like, you know, should avoid, and one one kind they should avoid with their lives, or something, you know what I mean? If they could somehow, yeah. if they get any information on this, it would be really helpful. So, you know, it, that would be very explain, uh, uh, Trump's yeah. weird confidence that uh, that it's going to be over and done with sooner than. Anyway, thanks, uh, thanks all, and I'll keep listening off the air, and uh, uh, thanks for informing us both. Uh, okay, all right, and call it. over and out. Okay, thank, thank you. you. There you go. Wow, that's wild. How about that? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. It'll, you know. I mean, there is a part of me that, like, uh, just to sort of jump off what Steve said, there is a part of me that, like, hopes that this this does turn into sort of like how the flu season is, where it's like, oh, we have a really bad flu season, but at some point, like, in April or May, it just goes, you know, it just goes away. I don't know. I know that's what, that's kind of what, what Trump was banging on. It's like the maybe I, that's all. That's about all you can hope for right now, you know, because I see these prognostications that are like eighteen. You know, we're gonna be dealing with this for eighteen months and shit. And it's like how we even, you know, I don't think, I don't think people can handle this lockdown for like, you know, like I said before, there's gonna be a lot of like unhappy campers, you know, and it's a tough pill to swallow. They probably in the back of their minds realize this was going to be the case, like I have talking to you, but it's like anybody who's locked themselves down now for like the last week, 
is going to be pretty fucking pissed in like 10 days when they institute a national two-week lockdown and you're back locked down for, you know, now you've been locked down for a fucking month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So look look Absolutely. for that to happen, I think. That's, you know, because I can tell you one person <laughs> will be very irritated, fucking me, um, uh, even though I can, you, you know, I can endure this hopefully for as long as possible, but uh, I foresee that happening. You won't happening. be alone. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, one thing to, to watch out for is uh, if, if we're really lucky and two weeks flattens the curve for us and we relax, because at some point we have to relax the, the stay-at-home order, uh, yeah. we could have a rebound. And actually China's going through this right now in that they've, they've managed to break the chain of domestic transmission. But now comes the thing where they'd like to start business again. They'd like to start you know, having people travel or whatnot, and they're getting introductions from foreign sources. And so all it yeah. takes is one spark. And so we, we may, as frustrating as it is, we could start you know, to, to come back and say, oh, 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 no, no, it's not working, or, or realize that, it was all for naught, you know. It right. Delayed yeah. a little bit longer. So, uh, but any, you know, President Trump got that idea uh, of the virus fading away from you know, science. Okay, the, the SARS yeah. virus did that. Influenza does drop down uh, in the summer. We don't understand the seasonality uh, of diseases. We've known about this since the days of Hippocrates that some had very clear seasons. Uh, so that may be helpful. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's gone. And, uh, right, right. It could come yeah. roaring back. Like you know, that's my other concern. That it's like, well, the, people, we, we will let our guard concerned. down, and then it'll come. You know. But I think, like, at least now, there's sort of an of appreciation for the, you know, like Dr. Fauci. Like he's like a national hero. Uh, you know, to the point that it seems like he's trying. They're trying to like. They're trying to shove him out the side door because he's too popular. Um, now, thankfully, he was back on the on the ridiculous. Daily press conference. Um, I but, saw that. But you yeah. know, maybe there'll be an appreciation. Like maybe you know, people. I think people will be so scarred from what's going on now that like come, you know, September or whatever. If Dr. Fauci's out there being like, we need to get all the shit together because this is going to come back. You know, it looks like whatever. Uh, people will fucking listen. That's at least. I guess it's just the long end of the. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that maybe. People will listen and prevent the next one at this point, uh, you know, or prevent like a Maybe. huge flare-up, yes. you know, uh, it, later it in the year. Be, Tim. It, it could be, I'll, I'll just remind you, this is uh, probably, you, were, you might not have been born yet. In 1976, we thought that the, the great 1918 killer swine flu had returned. They had yeah. some soldiers who, who got very sick and died. I think at Fort Dix, New Jersey, if I, if I remember correctly. And they, they recognized that, oh, my God, we haven't seen this thing in, in 60 years, and here it is again. And we had a national program to produce vaccine, and it was given free to everyone in the U.S. who wanted it. And sure enough, that fall, we're waiting for the onslaught, and the virus vanished. And what happens is that legacy held on. 
40 years later, when the 2009 flu came around and uh, they wanted to make vaccine and, and people were going, yeah, but you guys blew this in 76. You blew the call. We, could, we have these, all these interesting situations where people were ready to listen. Money was committed and it didn't work. But I think you're right. I think this time Dr. Fauci probably will have a lot of credibility and, and let's hope that it, uh, it gets us to the right spot. So if we're really, really lucky, President Trump will be right, and uh, this thing will go away. I'm afraid it will drop down, that this is just the herald wave for the big one coming in the fall. Yeah, that's the concern. Where I'll be watching, this is kind of interesting, and I'll rep- I don't know if I'll have any, you know, well, people should just keep an eye on it, uh, is Japan, because they're starting to loosen the restrictions a lot there. I think they're their flatten the curve thing is kind of they've 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 done the quarantine or whatever they shut because they had shut yeah. down i'm a big uh wrestling fan they have a huge wrestling industry over there so uh all the japanese wrestling leagues shut down pretty much like i think since you know towards the end of february until like in about a week or so so they shut down for like almost a month and uh you know they'll start up soon in about a week there's there you know to go so far and then yep. i guess we'll get an idea of like when crowds start to gather again for these events and shit, um, if it's if it's going to cause a problem or not, you know, it, we we might get lucky and it's been expunged, but we might also have the virus sneaking around in inapparent infections. So uh, we, that's the only way to find out is is relax the restrictions. I think what you will yeah. see though, uh, and we have to keep an eye out for this, is uh, heavily restricted foreign travel, and, and that they'll be very careful about. Who comes in and Japanese citizens, for example, that travel abroad, what happens to them when they return? So if you remember when uh, President Trump was talking about, you know, he immediately clamped down on travel from China. That was that was a good move. That was a smart move. Uh, It's unfortunate that that wasn't enough. But uh, we may have to be really restrictive and careful about foreign travel in particular, so that we don't re-import it. If we're lucky enough to get it under control, we don't want it to be re-imported. So we have all these challenges ahead, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, All right. This guy has a question in the chat room. It's a little confusing, so I guess maybe you can answer it. Uh, He says, all these celebrities that are testing positive for the coronavirus, is this the virus or COVID-19? Is there any kind of separate test or only a test for the presence of the virus and the symptoms? being the diagnostic tool for COVID-19. Okay, now it makes sense when I read the whole thing. So uh, yeah, you know, I guess yeah. to elucidate sort of the difference, like when people are, you know, so they, it's kind of like HIV and AIDS, right? So like they're, you know, it when is. people said they had yeah. HIV, you know, then it, it, um, oftentimes they wouldn't end up getting AIDS. So kind of like that. You're absolutely right. So COVID-19 is the designation for the disease. It's coronavirus disease discovered in 2019. The virus that causes it, causes it is the SARS, uh, coronavirus 2. And so that has that special strange designation. But, uh, yeah, the, the novel, is, that's where the novel comes from. So what they test for actually is the presence of the virus, which would make the diagnosis. So you have a person with fever of unknown origin. They, don't, they test negative for influenza. You go ahead and do the PCR test, and it comes back positive for the virus. That would enable you to say this person has the COVID-19 infection. So we do have, just as you described before, 
we have uh, names for diseases, and the causative agents sometimes have a different name because we, we find them later, for example. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what do you? One thing that's kind of freaked me out this week uh, that I don't—I haven't heard many people talking about—is like uh, if, uh, looking at that Johns Hopkins map. Is that fucking like Russia has like 200? It's like a you know those maps like they show those satellite maps of like the Earth at night and they go over North Korea and it's like black because yeah. there's no yeah. yeah that's if you go on the Johns Hopkins <laughs> website for the world uh, with the coronavirus uh, map Russia they they say they only have 253 cases so and we have 19,000 and like I get they're, they're you know different parts of the world but it's just a sheer the sheer size of that country, like, I find it very hard to believe that they only have 235 cases when, you know, uh, so, I think, yeah, so what do you make of that? You think that's some kind of just, they don't, they're, they're fucking not releasing any, 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 any information to the world about what, how this is affecting their country? That's a possibility. Uh, we, we always have to keep that in the back of our mind. Uh, it's also possible that uh, they were stricter about uh, foreign travel. Uh, one thing that, that I think is in their favor is that uh, while there will be travel to major centers like Moscow and uh, Leningrad, um, St. Petersburg, geez, I can never, never get there right. Um, it, in the summertime, you have a, a lot more tourists. And so, you know, perhaps this came at the right time so that they just didn't have that many people coming in. So it's possible that that number really reflects what they can see. We have to presume, uh, and, and I, I don't have any feeling one way or the other, we have to presume that they are testing and, and have enough tests and are doing uh, enough tests to detect it. Uh, so yeah. if all those things are true, yeah, it, it could be, uh, you know, standby. Uh, hopefully they, they will um, uh, be able to maintain a very low level. Uh, time will tell. But in, in the past, uh, I can tell you with other diseases, uh, when I, I teach the students about hepatitis viruses, for example, and there'll be, the maps will be all red, and then there'll be a blank spot like North Korea. And I have to tell the students, that's because these countries don't report. Okay, so yeah. I think, you know, it would be odd, it would be odd to report 236 and not have that be questioned. But then again, uh, we have to accept that they're they're testing, you know, and that uh, yeah. that could be the situation. Seems shady. So that's we, all. We have, seems really. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, Tim. You know, it, it could be. I can tell you when uh, when I was a little kid, my mom and dad were uh, uh, the prime age for uh, World War II, and my mom said, uh, you know, just talking in general. My dad got caught up in the draft, you know, as millions of other people did. And my mom brought up the fact that it was years, years after Pearl Harbor before they really understood the extent of what had happened. And she said it was blacked out. The news was blacked out. It was censored because they did not want the Japanese to know how badly they had hurt the fleet. And so she said it was classified for years. So maybe, you know, if you want to go into it, we could build another conspiracy theory. Maybe it is circulating in Russia and I don't want people to know. I, I don't think so. 
You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I would say the burden would be on the conspiracy theorists to come forward and say, no, I've got these documents that show that they don't want people to know. So right, right, the cadence, yeah. The, the cadence of this infection, the wintertime travel into Russia being limited, might have protected them. Yeah. Well, let's hope that's the case because it's very weird. That's that's really more just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you look at the map and it's like, well, what the – Yeah, yeah. You know, well, this their is, dot this is, is like what, tiny. This is what we want students to do is to go back and say, wait, that that's odd. How did that happen? Because that's where you make discoveries. You know, wait, this doesn't add up. Uh Maybe people who are interested in the paranormal will, will be better at that because they have all these things that don't fit, and they're kind of used to ambiguity, you know, where the rest of us think, okay, that's it, or that's not it, you know, one or the other, black and white. Yeah. Well, so uh, let me see, 1036, trying to think of whatever. Oh, so this was like another – people have mentioned this, actually, so it's worth – it's, it's – uh, now, again, I don't really – people shouldn't take your uh, medical advice per se. Uh, we're sort of just mulling shit over here on the show. So what do you make of this thing where they're opening the stores? I don't know if they're doing this where you are, but they're doing it here. They're doing it, I think, in Orlando uh, where Jim Vujovic is or where one of the folks in the chat room is, uh, that they're opening the stores early for seniors to come in and shop, um, yes. which I like that idea, and my mom wanted to do it, but then it crossed my mind where it's like things are so uncertain right right now that, like, I don't want to wake up, like, in two weeks and have them come on the news and be like, oh, it turns out that thing where we had seniors go and shop together, that that was a big mistake. You know what I mean? It's like, is it too <laughs> – am I being uh-huh. too paranoid or – you know what I mean? It's like part of me's like – Hey, that's that's a noble idea. Then it's like, ah, just fucking, I don't trust anything right now, man. <laughs> uh, one has to ask questions. But, yes, they're doing that here uh, for, I think it's uh, the cutoff is age 65. You have to be at least 65 to go into the store. And uh, I know somebody yeah. that went and, and she said, no, they're, they're not really checking IDs, so they're, there were a lot of elderly people, but there were also a lot of other people who clearly weren't age 65 yet. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good thought. You know, I mean, I, I see what they're trying to do. Um, much depends on, you know, how crowded the store gets. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe that's good. And, and potentially these people are strictly sheltering. And so when they come in, uh, it's, they're not really heavily afflicted. But if they are infected and in the quiet stage then we may set up a situation where we have a lot of targets right there and people that we don't want to have you know get infected so this this is the classic no good deed goes unpunished i think they're yeah, trying to exactly, do the right yeah. thing. so what i would say is if your mom goes uh, the way to handle this is make sure you practice good social distancing you know just stay clear wash your hands and all that and it, it might work out okay because I think if anybody's going to be compliant, it's that group of people, you know, who have the most to lose. And so they're probably right, not exactly. on the beaches at Orlando partying down and flying <laughs> them to go to them. So anyway, that's, I understand what they're doing, it, uh, and hopefully, hopefully it will work. You can always come up with a scenario where it doesn't. Uh, might also be helpful because when uh, people are a little bit older, they're not as fast. And that, that kind of irritates 
other people sometimes I think that they just they can't move as quickly and so it takes them a little bit longer and so I think they'll feel maybe more at ease you know yeah. when they're they're kind of in the age group so I think it's it's a it's a a good plan right now and and we'll have to you'll have to show me that it really doesn't work before I'd say don't do that uh yeah yeah well we'll see it makes me nervous that's all because it's like you like know, you said, no good deed goes unpunished. It's like <laughs> everything um, is going to make us nervous, Tim. And, and so the, the thing is that what what you really have is a high uh, at risk population, and so this is where uh, people can get really upset. But uh, you know, folks that aren't really helpful or compliant can really easily track that to folks, and, and just with a little bit of extra effort, we maybe could could limit that. And uh, and so hopefully I, we have to start with the assumption that most people are people of goodwill and wouldn't want to do that. And uh, and so that's the advantage that we have. And I, I hope that that turns out to be the way it is. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, well, I hope, I, I hope, uh, I hope we can rise to the occasion as a, as a people. Jim Vujovich says that the the people working at the supermarkets down in Orlando are, are upbeat and helpful and friendly. So that's uh, that's good, you know. <laughs> yeah, we need we need positivity working. right now. Yeah, and they're working harder than ever. And uh, uh, you know, I mean, God, they're, they're probably a lot of them are probably working all night long because what they're doing here at Safeway is they I think they close at ten or eleven and they stock all yeah. day. And, and then they open right. up at six. And uh, geez, and then the next day you get to do it all again. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Like I said before, it's like you wonder when, when people, if people will peak like hoarding food. There's only so much space. Like, you know, <laughs> that's that's the part of me where it's no, like no. they say they say. I mean, I don't. There are people who get really upset about the toilet paper thing, and it's like, just let it go, dude. Like, do you not realize yeah. how, like, just just have you not watched, like, the human, you know, our society in the last – this is like Storm Area 51. This is like fucking – this is a meme. It's not even – you know, it gets into people's heads, and they fucking do it, and they don't – you know, they just jump on the – it's a fad. It's not like yeah. – you know, so I know some people who, like, get angry. It's like – Yes, they're idiots, but like, you know, <laughs> don't you realize they're fucking idiots? Like, haven't you realized this by now? Like, if you ever wonder how the idiots would respond to a pandemic, they'd buy all the fucking toilet paper. If so. I had to have a list of ten thousand things that would happen in a pandemic, buying all the toilet paper would not have been on that list. So I'm a <laughs> yeah, that's I'd weird. Be- well, you know, I, I'm upset because missed yet another again and another opportunity to make a million dollars. You know, if only I could have, you know, sort of like seen that one coming. So. Well, well, uh, didn't you? I guess you didn't see the article about those. Did you see the article about the guys in Texas who bought up all the hand sanitizer last month, uh, anticipating yes. something like this, and they were essentially like yes. nationally shamed. They gave it all back yes. to, gave it away and shit. But it was like. Like, yeah, you don't you don't want to you know you want to be on the right side. Uh, you want to do the right thing right now. <laughs> well, am, so, am I correct? It's good you didn't profiteering 
Am I correct that they were trying to sell it at a big markup? Yeah, yeah, they were selling it marked up with the argument that, like, they did the work of going to all the stores in Texas to buy them. So, therefore, you know, they needed to make up the money they lost driving to the different dollar stores. and That was their argument. But they're like, you know, we're really doing a service. That's what they said. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess I I would also say that that's fine. You know, um, a reasonable markup. I don't know where you draw that line. But, uh, yeah, they got – the reason they were shamed was I think they – Went way too far. The whole idea was they saw something, they made that deduction, good for them, but man, come on. Anyway, they couldn't have anticipated just, how bad it was going to be either, you know what I mean? Like, No. <laughs> I don't no. think anybody anybody Absolutely. could have predicted. Yeah, it's like, like you were saying oh, about I the toilet paper. Well, we experts, but. People, you know, our, <laughs> our senators who may be insider traded. On, on information that they had. Uh, you know, I I think that didn't uh, Congress uh, specifically exempt themselves from being um, uh, barred from – Yeah, there's some, some kind of loophole there where they can't really – you know, it would be almost impossible to to prove. I mean, part of me is like – of course, again, it's like kind of like idiots with toilet paper. Part of me, when I hear these stories, is like, well, of course they did. They're scumbags. Like, what do you, well, what do you expect? Yeah. And, and it's exactly. like I can't. I try not to get too bogged down in that kind of thing, only because it's just like, uh, you know, they're not gonna, you know, they're just gonna spin their wheels and spin it and shit. And uh, now's not the time to really yeah. like investigate them or something. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> well, we could deal with that later. Is kind of my my thing. I, I try to. I, I, I'm equally outraged, but it's like, ah, what are you going to do about it? I can't, I can't, uh, you know, if it was no, in like actually, six months when this is all cooled off and people want to investigate it, dude, please. I would love it. No, I, I think you had <laughs> kind a of like, insight there. That, you know, we, had, we, we have other fish to fry here. We've got other problems. You want to come back and put them in jail later? Let's do that later. That's a good point. Right, right. It's kind of like... This whole thing, and this is kind of a can of worms. We've got like a, maybe 15 minutes left. So, uh, but this, the whole thing where it's like, there's some people are calling it the Chinese virus, uh, and it's clearly, yeah. you know, I understand, and they can justify it. You know, they their argument holds water in a sense that it came from China, but it's like, it feels, and I, I think most people can kind of see that it's like, well, you're trying to scapegoat here, and it's really, you know, now now is not the now it's not even the time for that argument, I guess. It's kind of my thing where it's like I get that people think that it's that it's racist. And, you know, something it it is. And, and uh, you know, it's, so to me it's yeah. – but, but, like, we need to focus on the fucking disease, man. Like, like arguing about what it's called is what they want us to do. So yes. to me it's like, you know yes. what, if you want to be a racist asshole and call it the Chinese virus or whatever the fuck, Chinese flu, like, go for it. But – it's the coronavirus, man. That's what it is, and uh, let's let's work on surviving it rather than arguing about yeah. like about what I, to call I it and shit. I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, the um, I, I have an idea about why they might do that, uh, and it holds too. If it's a bioweapon or whatever, it, it doesn't make any difference. This thing's killing us. We we got to deal with this first, and we can assign blame later. Now, the way that, that viruses were classically um, named 
was that they were often named by a geographic point of discovery. First right, description. Right. So if you think about the 1918 killer flu, uh, sometimes called the Spanish flu, because that's where the first uh, definitive case was described. So we've, we've done that for a long time. The first time that I remember a geographic name uh, being, I guess, uh, sort of not used and, and people were dissuaded from using it was when the hantavirus outbreak occurred in 1993, I think it was, in the Four Corners regions of the, of the U.S. And the way that virus is designated now is hantavirus sinombre, without name or without number. And what they, they wanted was it was on a Navajo reservation. and They did not want to be forever associated with this killer yeah. virus. And so, so anyway, we, we do kind of take account of sensibilities and sensitivities. But um, this is my personal opinion, uh, and I don't expect everybody will share it. I think calling it the Chinese virus is one of the steps in being able to say it's not my fault for whatever went wrong in their response. I couldn't do right. anything because it came from China. Who could stop that? Yeah. Now, on the other side of the coin, China is, I think, open to legitimate criticism for not being very forthright in, in Absolutely. the discovery of the problem and uh, right. actually kind of chastising the guy, the ophthalmologist who passed away. Who first yeah, I guess they it. apologized like yesterday or something for, for uh, smearing him and shit, so, which is they a good did. thing. And they, they, they gave him a bad time and – you know, accuse him of being a rumor monger and all that. And it does, you know, I mean, you, you don't want people just shooting stuff out there because it has consequences, as we can see. But it, unfortunately, he was right. And so, you know, we lost time. Uh, but anyway, the uh, uh, their response was maybe suboptimal, let's call it that. And it, in 2002, right. with the first stars, they were definitely uh, covering up. Now, I thought a lot of those things had been worked through. Uh, and and they did produce a sequence, and everybody's using that, and that was very helpful. But I guess not everything. It changed the way we wanted it to. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the sort of overarching point is, like, the people who are doing this are doing it to be provocative because they want people to uh, talk about that and not, you know. I think you're not, right. Not, Kim, I think you're you right. Know, that, yes, not I, what's I, really going I'm on. Sorry to say that's my suspicion that, that you have laid it out. And so, yes, it's much better uh, for them to have us fighting over something that is of no consequence right now. You know, I mean, it really isn't. And, uh, I mean, they have a different agenda. And I guess if I was in that position, I'd try to point everywhere I could to. You know, so uh, there we have it. Yeah. Well, we'll leave that at that, and uh, I don't think people, you know, I don't think it'll catch, I don't think Chinese virus, Chinese flu will catch on, because it's like, you know, it just, to me, it just, it just feels really wrong. Um, anyway, but we're, you know, we're going to talk next week. I think folks probably could have figured that out. Uh, I don't know how long we're going to keep talking, but, you know, we'll we'll kind of ride this out till we get get a better sort of understanding maybe of where we're at i think um and so you know the scariest part uh of doing this in a way is you know last week you we like i we talked about this at the beginning we'll kind of wrap it up here but 
you know, last week there were 1,200 cases in America, and now there are 19,000. And you predicted, uh, you predicted 10,000. So, uh, yes. you know, it's almost double the prediction you had. And last week it was sort of this jaw-dropping, like, you know, it's like oh, I hope Tyler's just being, you know, overly me. cautious here because you said like me. in two weeks it'll be 100,000, which would be next week, and. Considering we're all, we're already at twenty thousand now, and they've really just got the testing going, like it seems well within the possibility that we'll be at a hundred thousand uh, next week. It is. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think you're right that we uh, we could see that because this is a function of two things: the the epidemic is growing, and our testing capability is also growing. And so we're still at at the end of all this. We're still half blind because we still don't understand the full depth of where we are in the in the curve. But I'm I'm going to tell you that the the governors of what Connecticut is also on lockdown, right? Um, Illinois, California, you know, these, these New York, they know what the projections are and they're scared, and and they're going to do everything they can to uh, stop this, and that includes hurting the economy, really hammering the economy. That tells you yeah. how nervous these people are, Tim. And uh, and that should make us uh, also think, yeah, I have to be prepared. I, I need to be prepared to shelter in place. I need to be prepared to do it for a while. So, yeah. It's, right, exactly. It's, I, think, more... I think not to get too conspiratorial, like I guess not to get too conspiratorial or reverse conspiratorial, but it's like the idea that, like, oh, this is being done to hurt Trump. It's like... This is no, this would be this no. is quite the conspiracy. Like who's ever, who's no, Italy's in on this too? Like what what you know? Uh, so we're going to destroy ourselves and self-immolate? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I think no, you're absolutely right that that these are governors who are uh, subjecting the citizens of their state to um, I mean, suffering and and yeah. in the hope that it will prevent worse. So. Yeah, I don't think that anybody's out to get anybody. I think they're honestly doing what they think they have to do to prevent uh, disaster. So I'll tell you one thing to watch, and, and yeah. this is where uh, um, it's, it's kind of clued me in, is watch the Sunday political talk shows, because when Anthony Fauci and other people come out, they've got the message of the week. And that's where you could see the, 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 you know, the wheel begin to turn. And the, and the messaging begin to turn. And so I think this week will be interesting because they may start preparing us for other things that are going to be really unpleasant. And that's where you might get your first inkling. Yeah, well, you know, they say we're like 10 days behind Italy, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but by this time next week, we'll really. This this could be coming to coming to bear it seems. So Well, I, I think uh, honestly we will we will so surpass Italy it won't be believable. So that's that's my pessimistic take. Yeah. Well, like I said at the beginning when we were talking about this, it does uh uh See, this is we talked about this earlier. Uh, yeah, someone someone posts breaking news: brother-in-law is in the National Guard, but works out of state. Scheduled return for drill this weekend. He was told he is not to leave the state he is in. 
so I don't know what that even, you know. Oh, they're getting ready. Yep. Yeah. Well, I would ready. assume so, yep. but it's, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, in New York, they called in the National Guard to come and build beds and shit. So it's like people, yeah. you know, people yeah. hear, oh, they're calling in the National Guard, and they think, like, they're going to be fucking rolling down the street in tanks and shit. It's like, no, dude, they're no, no, no. They're fucking ringing the cash registers at the at the fucking at the, at the grocery store because all cause, you know because we don't run out of people. <laughs> so yes. no, it, you're it's absolutely that kind right. Of stuff. It, it could be mobile hospitals, uh, the tent sorts of things where they can uh, assess patients before they let them into the hospital. You know, put them in the right spot. So uh, that's what yeah, I would it's like say. any job it that's needed. Like, it's like any job that's needed, man. You know, absolutely. And it sounds to me like they're just getting ready. Way back in the day, I used to have friends that were in the guard, and that's. That's how it would go is that they tell them, no, you have to stay within 50 miles and you have to call yeah. them. And, uh, and so I think they're just, they're just getting ready for the possibility of a mobilization, which would make sense. It's not, you know, not really that, uh, oh, my God, you know, we gotta, we're going to have uh, all kinds of mayhem. We're going to have enough with the, the disease. So. Uh. Yeah, well, like I said at the beginning of the show, that's uh, – that, the, that has supplanted in my mind sort of what is worrying me. Less the because I, I barely leave the fucking house, so I didn't really need to worry much about the disease. Uh, but the, the just the absolute chaos erupting, you know, the possibility. This is like a tinderbox, man. Uh, you know, worries me. Yeah. A lot. And a lot of people, you know, this is kind of a lot of stuff that was like. A lot of problems in America kind of coming home to roost all at once. So it's like, you know, all the stuff where they're like, oh, people couldn't, you know, most families aren't ready for an emergency. They only have like $500 in the bank. It's like, well, here we are. Um, you know, yes. now now, now yes. this is that dire scenario is in place for everybody, so uh, for a lot of people. Um, you know, so and also the medical thing. It was like we don't have really a very we – we're, we're up to snuff for this. Apparently not. So – it's like that's going yeah, on too. yeah. I think you're you're again correct that uh, a lot of the structural problems that we have, uh, things that that have changed so much since I was a kid. And one of the things is that there are so many people who truly do live paycheck to paycheck. And uh, yeah, uh, you know the the jobs that we used to take it you know for granted, like in my parents' generation, that you would have good jobs that would have good benefits, they vanished. And, and we didn't yeah. even, you know, see what happened. So, uh, yes, a lot of these yeah. things will so, come back to haunt us. Yeah. So that's what worries me more, and uh, I try not to, I try not to let it get in my head too much. But it's like, oh shit, what are people gonna do when this gets to a hundred thousand? Like, what are they gonna do when it gets to, if it gets to a million? Like, they're they're gonna lose their shit. That's what that's what worries me. Well, you know, am I am I gonna have to like? Defend my home against marauding raiders looking for fucking toilet paper. Like how <laughs> how far off the deep end are people going to go? Are they going to start fucking, you know? And that, that again, that's the other part. It's like most people, the vast majority of people are good people, but it's like yeah, pe- desperate people do desperate things, and you know there's going to be a lot more desperate people soon. So yeah, that so that worries if, me. If, if we can preempt some of that with National Guard making sure that food is available, you know, grocery stores stay open and that people can get what they what they need, that, that will go a long way. Uh, the other thing is that I think the psychology might change, although 
this is pretty horrible to, to imagine that as people sicken and die uh, around us, that we'll be more concentrating on that than anything else. Yeah. Uh, naturally. So we have to, we have to hope that it's not that bad. And I'll tell you what, what to watch out for is when the, the local authorities come out and they start giving us instructions about body collection. And I, I'm praying oh, that they can come to that. Well, you saw the, the procession in Italy, right, on the news where they... Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. So what will happen if it's like 1918, you have, they had 600,000 people dead in a matter of a few weeks when it really Jesus. got raging. Yes. And so there weren't coffins. Uh, they talked about, you know, as coffins being stolen, piled up like cordwood. Uh, but you can't, the funeral homes can't, they can't cope with that volume either. And so we'll have to find no, a way No, and it's to, really, it, 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 a whole other dimension of this that people, you know, these are like, I feel like these are stories I'll tell my grandkids or some shit, like, but it's like they, even, even like if somebody died tomorrow, like they got hit by a bus. Like they can't even have a funeral for them because of the, because of the because of the virus. It's like That's they're right. live streaming funeral funerals because they That's can't. Right. Like you know, so it's just the way the way this has transformed society in the course the course of like ten days is is stunning and uh, you know I worry about like I said the psyche of people as we get deeper into this where uh, you know like Carol said we have to fight despair. Because we'll, we'll, we yeah. will see, we'll, we will see this through. We'll see this through. Yes. Uh, you know, and everybody will be, I don't know, joyous. I think once, uh, once it feels like we're we're through this uh, through this disaster. So look forward to yeah. to that, I guess, folks. You know, and uh, buckle up. You there, Tyler? Are you there, Tyler? Weird. All right, I lost. That's odd. He's just he's still on the thing, but all right. Well, I lost Tyler, so uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap the show up there. Uh, if folks have questions for next week's show, you can send them to me, uh, Tim at banalofamerica dot com. Find me on Twitter at banal. Find me on Facebook, Tim Banal, uh, the one with the rabbit picture right now. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in, folks. Hopefully, this wasn't too, uh, you know, too doom and gloom. Uh, trying to keep an upbeat, gallows sense of humor about this, and uh, you know, trying to hopefully, you know, I don't know, do a service to some folks in a way, and at least at least me, uh, sort of work out work out what's going through my mind here as this is all going on, and have somebody to talk to. Um, and I, as I said to Tyler before we started. Tonight's show, it's like, I, maybe maybe this I decided to do this just because it's like the only thing I can control in all this craziness. Um, you know, I need to have some semblance of of order as this insane, uh, you know, crisis unfurls. So it was like, well, I need <laughs> I need someone to talk to, and I need some kind of I need some kind of outlet to uh, express myself, so let's let's fire up an all-American again. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, and uh, you know, covering all the various uh, developments in this story. So, thank you all for listening, and uh, be safe out there. Uh, I'll do my best as well, and uh, we'll all come up again uh, next Friday night. Good night, everybody.